Business Tech Weekly Podcast Episode Number 91, Take 5. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. everybody and welcome back to another episode of business tech weekly my name is cliff ravenscraft and my name is andy traub and this is the fifth time we have tried to actually i have tried to hit the record button to start off our day hey this week we're going to talk about technology tools to protect your time and to build your business (laughs) business Yeah, and I want to make sure that people know. Um, I, want, I, I don't know what title we're going to have for the the show. You, you decide that. Um, I think it'd probably Cliff. be tools to protect your time and build your business. Well, I mean, here, here's why I want to bring this up at the very beginning. Okay, it's not just about our time and our business. It's also about how to ultimately serve our clients better. Yeah, and, and so that's that's the other side of this. It's not just so you can be in control of everything. It's that just like. You know, there's locks. That we, I had to install this extra lock on our screen door because my kids are, are tall enough now they can get out, right? And right. so the lock is not, you know, it's not there because I, I'm a party pooper. It's there because I don't want my daughter running out in the street. And, and that's, I look at my client interactions and the rules that I put in place in my business the same way, which is, yes, there are constraints on how I'm willing to communicate with you. And sometimes I come off sounding like a jerk when I say, please do not message me here, <laughs> Right. Or no, I'm not going to try to use that new tool. I'm going to use the one that I've used and works. You know, but it, it's really for the benefit. Yes, of course, for us uh, as providers, but also for a client that that they know that we're using a system that that we've tested and it's ultimately best for all of us. Right. Well, uh, what you know, you were sharing before we hit record. What prompted you? Uh, there were two real things that prompted you to. Uh, yeah. want us to actually evaluate some of these tools. By the way, most of the tools here we're, we're talking about today, we've covered independently mm-hmm. in, independently before, but yeah. uh, it's it's one of those episodes where it's time to kind of just do, you know, an overall, you know. Yeah, and, and, it's what's the purpose behind all of them? How can you put, how can you tie them all together to run your business better? And and the cool thing is is it it can give us an opportunity that while maybe we talked about Tungle before, maybe I'm using it more or less or I uh, found something better to do with my, t- you know, that I'm using today. So, so yeah. I think it's going to be a valuable episode, even if you've heard us talk about each of these services before. But what was it? What were the two things that caused you to want to do this episode today? The first one is that I sent you an email inquiry about, um, you know, some, uh, I set up a new site at takepermission.com and I wanted people to be able when they go there to, at, at the top of each category to see a, a static uh, message or, or a set of text, HTML. And you automatically send me a, an autoresponder uh, stating, you know, I've got your email and my, my, my wait time, if you will, my queue is two or three days. Well, here's the thing. I think it took you three days to get back to me, Cliff. Yep. And, and, and it, your, your email read, the one you actually you know, wrote was, I'm so sorry it's taken me three days. And I was kind of like, well, why? You said it would take two to three days, yep. <laughs> you know? Um, and and so while you know I think I think you're, you're you were genuinely like oh man I'm sorry this took so long that my expectation was met right yeah. I wasn't disappointed or mad or I didn't order a large and gave me a small it, you didn't say it was going to be three days and it was twelve you know and so that's the first thing is that that I think that you uh, and and frankly I usually do not like autoresponders via email at all Cliff because most of the time they're very very impersonal and they're not purposeful. Um, so they're impersonal and they're not purposeful. Yours um, is just training people to understand this is my buildup and, um, and I will get back to you. I have received it. And then you follow up by, by doing that. So that's the first thing that, that made me think of sort of training clients and using these tools that can be bad, but also can be good. And the other was someone had asked a question about is, there a, is Google Docs a professional way of keeping track of client notes and interactions. So sharing a Google Doc with someone, is that, is that a, a professional enough way to, to do business? And you know, I responded, I think it can be, but if you, have a more, if you have more robust needs, meaning you need to have files, you need to have, keep track of messages, 
to-do lists, things like that, I recommended using Basecamp, which I still use as I manage some larger client accounts that have multiple people involved, things like that. So those are the two things where you don't realize how many things that you do uh, routinely because they're routines. And so I want us to kind of step back and, um, uh, and, and, and ask ourselves, how are we using these tools to train our customers so that we can give them the best service possible. Absolutely. Well, let, that's what we're going to do today then. We're going to talk about the tools that we're using to protect our time, uh, to build our business, but also to communicate effectively You know how, how we do business most effectively. And, and, I, and I love that you're pointing out, You know, we talk about saving our time, you know, protecting our margin and stuff like that. And, and some people may say, well, gosh, that seems awful selfish. You should just be happy to have my business. You know, and, and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, we are. We're very happy to have your business. Uh, but what we've learned over time, at least for me, I've learned over time, the more margin that I put in my life, the more I protect the valuable resource of time and energy that I have. Um, you know, for example, I could answer every single email as they come in, in mm-hmm. between projects. And the thing is, is that while I'm working on your project or with you, and you're maybe on a consulting call with me, you may have to actually hold on for a minute while I respond to an email real quick. Mm-hmm. That's not, you wouldn't like that. Uh, the other thing is, is that, you know, for me, it, it I, I had a hard time for the longest time uh, making myself go out and get an intention, getting my intentional physical activity in. I wanted to go out and go for a walk or maybe a jog to clear my mind, you know, to, to lose weight, to stay healthy. You right. know, and, and it took me a long time to not feel guilty about taking that time off. It's like, how can I how can I spend an hour going out for a walk on a beautiful, sunny, crystal clear day? How on earth can I justify going out, getting fresh air and, and enjoying life for an hour away from my business when I have 90 emails in my inbox? Mm-hmm. How can I justify that? And to, and to be honest with you, the longest time for the longest time, I didn't justify it. I right. felt I felt guilty, and I oftentimes ignored those priorities. And I got up to two hundred and sixty eight pounds. Wow, you know, and 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 by golly, it wasn't until finally I had enough and I said, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I have to put this first. That I started to lose the weight. Um, I did start to tell people no. I did start to put limits on the amount of time that I I would respond to people, and I, I put limits on the amount of things that I would do here and the amount. And and by limiting things, I increased my value of the of of the one on one interaction. So when I do respond to you, or when I do have a consulting call with you you get more of me. You get a, you get a better version of me because my head is clearer. Uh, I'm, I'm more at peace. I'm less stressed. I'm, I'm more in control of my time and, and energy. And therefore when we're talking, you're going to get a better amount of service from me. You may not have gotten it as early as you like. You may have not have, you know, all those other things, but it is for me, protecting my time means that I serve you better when I do choose to serve you. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So first, first thing we're going to talk about email autoresponders. Yeah. So you use yours uh, pretty diligently in that. I, I mean, is your setup? Am I, am I being accurate here that if I send you an email, generally it's either on or off, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not on all the time. If I am, if I have, if I have 20 or less emails in my inbox and I believe mm-hmm. that I can respond to pretty much any message that comes in, within 24 to 48 hours, you will not be getting an email autoresponder from me. Mm-hmm. It, it will be turned off. And that is in the default Google autoresponder settings? Yes. It, okay. well, actually, yeah. no, no. I mean, there is no setting. It says if it's 20 or more, turn this no, on. No, no, no. But I mean, just as people think, well, how does he do the autoresponder? Well, it's if you go into settings, yes. and you, it's, there's an autoresponder option it, right and, there. Yes. And in Google, by the way, it's called vacation responder. Thank you. All right. So I go into settings and I turn vacation d- responder on. Uh, I'd love if you don't mind, since you mentioned the fact that you, I, cause I personally, I hate auto responders as well. <laughs> Although since starting to use auto responders, I actually find that I'm more okay with them. By the way, I'm reading a book called um, boundaries by Henry cloud and Pete Townsend. 
Yep. Which is a great, great book. It's when to say great. yes, when to, you know, when to say no. <laughs> Have you read the story about the parents who go visit the doctor and he works in a mental facility? No, not yet. Okay. And you got to, that's what's, that's the epitome of the book. If you want to explain it to people. Okay. So. So anyway, th- this is this is good stuff because, you know, now that I'm actually setting clearer boundaries for myself, I respect other people's boundaries even more. So when I get that autoresponder from somebody else, I'm actually seeing it through from a different perspective now. And I'm like, wow, this is a person who's clearly communicating to me that, hey, I've got your message. But anyway, since you talked about, you know, some of them are very impersonal and it's like I'm way too important for you and and uh, I'll get to you if I get to you and I might not. And if so, you'll just have to deal with it because I'm important. You're not, <laughs> you know, th- there are autoresponders like that. Would you agree? Yeah. That, uh, most of them. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what mine says. It says, Hey there, this is an automated response. This automated response is the best way to inform you that your email has been received and that a response may be delayed. Due to my current email load, it's taking me approximately two to three days to respond to most emails. Please rest assured knowing that your email is sitting in my inbox and will eventually get a response. I value this opportunity to connect with you and I will respond as quickly as possible. Very sincerely, Cliff. And then it's got my signature. It's it, it's as simple as that. I used to start it off with, I hate auto, you know, personally, I hate auto responders as much as the next person. But actually... I, I had to take that out. Do you want to know why I had to take that out? Because you're getting... Well, I think two... Well, I think maybe one is you actually don't hate him as much as you used to, but yeah. I was thinking it sort of sets up a negative tone like, hey, this this message is junk, but I, I'm going to put it, send it out anyway. Well, th- there is that part. You know, there is a little part of it is like, man, it's, I'm sure I'm starting off, you know, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm communicating to you that you right. should hate that I'm sending this to you. Right, 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 but right. actually, for the longest time, I did. I hated autoresponders. And I literally took out that I hate autoresponders as the first line because it was no longer true. I no longer hate them. In fact, I... I love them, and I think that when you <laughs> have an affection for them, I do. I I have an affection for my autoresponder, and I want to tell you that that it re, it takes weight off of my shoulder. It takes stress out of my day because Andy, I I saw your email when it came in. I did. I'm not going to lie to you, but I knew that you got the autoresponder. As well, it did the other 35 people that that emailed me the same day that you did. Right. And I, unfortunately, as much as I hate it, I did not have time to respond to that message as quick and easy as it would be. Because the truth is, is I could have responded to you would have taken no more than 90 seconds. No more than 90 seconds to have responded to you. But. I didn't have 90 free seconds. And that sounds crazy because <gasps> I went out for the a walk that day. <gasps> and oh my gosh, I chose to go out for a walk and, and you know, every day for the last couple of days and I didn't spend 90 seconds responding to an email from a friend. How right. horrible am I? Pretty I mean, you're a pretty horrible person, but that's that's a whole another show. Yes. That's more of a balanced living weekly show than uh <laughs> no. But you know, it, it and here's the, here's the math part of it is that Okay, it's ninety seconds. But how many other how many other ones did you have in there, your inbox? One hundred and two. Right. Well, I'm I'm not going to get out the calculator, but you know, more time than it does to you know take a nice walk. You know, yeah. so that's that's I think the other thing is I don't know if the term is batching or whatever, but it's also you know not responding to some people shouldn't respond to their inbox unless they have ten messages because the time it takes to go one, two, and then three, and then one, and you know if you wait till you got 10 or 20 and then you respond all at once. It's amazing how fast you can get through them when you need to. Yes. You know, but that's for the benefit of me and of you because I'm not going to get, um, you know, impatient emails from you because you're like, you know, quit emailing me. You know, well, you didn't have to respond to me. Right. I mean, that, yeah. that's the people feel this incredible compulsion to respond to emails and then they train their clients that if you send me an email, I will respond to you in the next three minutes. Yep. You know, and, and then I think that's the provider's fault. You know, uh, you, you set up an expectation that you're going to respond very, 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 very quickly. And again, if you want to, that's fine. Um, but if you don't want to have that expectation, then don't create the expectation. That's really what this show is about. It's about, uh, th- this episode is about, it's about expectations um, for your clients, whether it's how to communicate with you, 
how to set up an appointment with you, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it, and and for for me the the fact that when I set an email autoresponder and give people a clear expectation of when they can expect to hear from me, now it's taken off my own personal time because in my mind email you know in my own mind i i I think i want to respond to everything as quickly as possible usually you know Mm -hmm. within within a couple hours of you me receiving the email i'd love to respond to you that that's my own personal desire and so that's what i feel the pressure to do unless i've communicated to you that that's not going to happen and as soon as i set an autoresponder it's amazing how i just feel free right you know, and you should, and I feel free to chill out and wait. Yep. And you know what? I, I <laughs> and, and speaking of autoresponder, I, I did change my voice message as well on my Google voice finally. Mm-hmm. And it says, hey, thank you for, you know, leaving a message. And it says something about, you know, um, I prefer email communication, you know, and, and so that, that you know, I, I answer, I respond, I find that I respond to voice to emails much faster than I do to these voicemails. Mm-hmm. Because for me to pick up the phone and call you and, you know, that I have to, ch- you know, the chances of you and I being free at the, I mean, the stars have to align perfectly right. for us to get on the phone together and for us to not spend 45 minutes on the phone together. You know, a quick email would be much easier for me to just say, hey, you know, what can I help you with? And you can spend your 45 minutes writing the email. I can spend five minutes glancing over the email getting a good gist of it and then decide how to go from there. It, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, I prefer the email. And so I say, you know, it'd be great if you, if you would like a, you know, the fastest response time possible, you may want to follow up this voice message with, you know, an email, or if you want, go ahead and leave your email address in the voice message and I'll respond. To, I'll likely respond to you via email. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it is about communicating and the expectation of how how are you going to get the best service from me? Right. And this is how I can and I can tell you how I work best. Yep. Very cool. All right. So what else does an email autoresponder do? It, it creates an expectation of a reply time. What else does it do? Um, I'm just clicked it. It's done. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it, well, it does remind them that you've received the message. I mean, you can't say I didn't get it. I mean. I don't, I don't know how often this happens to you. It's happened to me actually twice in the last couple of months, which is, I don't remember it happening before that, but someone's like, did you get my messages? And I'm like, no, you know, and I've only filtered a couple people to where it, you know, automatically takes them to trash. Right. right? And <laughs> yeah. it wasn't one of those people. Um, <laughs> I do have a couple like that. But I, I have two people like that. <laughs> what are their names? I'm kidding. So it reminds them that you've received the message, you know, and there is, there is not, it takes away the mystery of, gosh, am I 112th in the queue? Or it's like, no, I, I got it. So, um, and then it puts the responsibility on you as the provider to reply, mm-hmm. right? You're saying, I got it. I'll get back to you. Um, and it, then by doing that, it keeps them from sending the, did you get my email message? Did you get my email? Did you get my email? Right. And so it just, it sets the, it sets the timeline automatically for the whole conversation. And, you know, if people need to get a hold of you, if it's that super duper emergency, there's other ways of doing that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing. We're not just cutting people off. There's, there's, there's 12 other ways you can probably get a hold of us. So that's email autoresponders. All right. Next one you have listed down here is Dropbox. How are you using Dropbox to protect your time or to build your and grow your business? Well, a lot of people are very used to using file attachments on email, which is functional, right? But it's not the best use for an ongoing um, client relationship, I think. I think the best thing to do is to create a Dropbox folder, name it accordingly, share it with the client, and, and, and just basically teach them, this is where you're going to put the, the files right. for, our, for our project and we will all put yours. And if we make any changes, obviously it'll be automatically updated once we've you know, synced them on the web. They don't need to know about the you know, dropbox.com and things like that. They just, it's just a, a central place for all those things to be and so you don't have to use email and they don't have to go, I think I send it here and there. It just, it, it takes uh, the parameters of if we work with a file, it's going to be in this folder, right? no matter what it is. And then I think we've talked in the past too, that once you're done with that project, you can you know, disconnect yourself from that folder where they still have it. They still have the contents of the folder and they still have the folder, but you can disconnect yourself. So if they start filling it up with other stuff that it doesn't fill up your Dropbox as well. Right. 
So again, folks can visit the, the whole episode. I think we did on Dropbox about yeah. that. We've talked about um, Dropbox a lot. I want to say something real quick sure. about Dropbox is I am not using uh, Dropbox nearly as much as I used to with clients. Now, I still use Dropbox myself personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know I used to share folders, but I shared with you, I think two episodes ago that I went ahead and paid for the paid version of getcloudapp.com. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember what my file size limit is, but it's a it's a decent size. I don't know if it's a you know fifty megabytes or seventy megabytes or one hundred twenty megabytes. Anyway, but actually no, it's it's got to be a hundred and twenty or something like that. Anyway, um, I just upload those files to Get Cloud App, and it automatically gives me the link that I can just share in an email, and those right. people can download it that way. And then I don't have to wait for them to sign up for Dropbox. I don't have to. Wait for the then you know once I get a note that says okay I've, I'm on Dropbox here's the email address and then go and share the folder and, right and there's then, certainly more steps for Dropbox there, yeah. I mean, there's four or five more yeah and now more. I can just upload these files to Get Cloud App they just sit up there and they can be up there for indefinitely and I just send right. them the link and boom it, it's done I'm it's like remember I, that when we talk about the the Google Docs and Basecamp okay. because I think that 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 will play into the Google Docs part of it I so, can't wait to talk about Basecamp in fact um, go ahead and, and, and talk finish up Dropbox okay and we'll so, get because I want to get to that when the other point is multiple people can use the same folder when I say multiple you could have 15 people using the same folder so there's times when I you know with a lot of the, the projects that I manage someone says hey Andy we have a web presence. We want to improve it in a lot of different ways. So I'll, I'll hire two other people to help me with the project to then, you know, service the client. And so I can invite them also to share the Dropbox. So we're all having access to the same folder. And that, um, again, is it takes it from the one-on-one uh, email back and forth to now I have all these people that I can say, well, just drop it in that folder when you're done, you know. Right. And, and I've trained them. This is how we're going to interact. You know, train my my folks that I hire to do that, and and, and it, certainly went on an ongoing product where project where you're sharing plenty of files, and mm-hmm. especially if you have a third party involved and you want to centralize location, Dropbox is a very awesome scenario for that. Right, and the last one is you know sort of a byproduct, which is you do get more space on your Dropbox the more people you invite. So don't use the tool just so you can get more space. Uh, but by using it, it increases its size. I'm yeah. a paid user myself, but it's sort of a byproduct. So. Yeah. All right, Tungle. Tungle is a service that we talked about early on in this podcast, and uh, it's something that I used a great deal back then. I still use it today. Mm-hmm. Um, my business model has changed. That What's really cool is it used to be like, man, when throughout the week am I going to do this? And I, I went to my Tungle page and said, listen, I'm available, you know, on Mondays at this time. It was like Monday evenings, you know, then here are the hours all day on Tuesday. Here are the hours all day on Wednesday. I could do a couple hours on Friday. I could even do two hours on Saturday morning. And of course, Tungle was very cool and easy to deal with to, to just kind of manage that for me. Right. Right. And and over time, I've gotten to the place. It's like, wait a second. You know, I'm doing great with consulting calls, but I'm doing nothing for building my, you know, my passive income or other projects. And it wasn't until I started to really put a lot of margin in my life that I was able to create digital products and also the podcasting A to Z course. Mm-hmm. And I was able to do that because I actually um, and I don't need Tungle as much. Right. And, and it's because I now I only do consulting calls from 10 a.m. Eastern time till 5 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. It's the only day of the week that I'll do consulting calls. Mm-hmm. Unless- yeah, and I, I don't use it nearly as much as I used to either. And one, it's one of the cool things is you don't have to maintain it. It's, it's working in the background, whether you have just a, whether you say, you know, and someone can access your tungle and they'll see, wow, the only time he has available is that day at that time. Even if your calendar I mean, let's just let's just say on that whole week you had nothing scheduled. Yeah. But if I go to your Tungle calendar, it's likely going to show you only have that Tuesday slot available because you can have it sync with your overall calendar, or you can also just tell it, "Hey, these are the only hours that I want people to see me as available, whether right. I'm available or not." You know. So, so it it saves a lot of the time zone questions. I think that's the thing that people need to remember fundamentally about Tungle is, you know, there's there's just a lot of back and forth people have with time zones, and it it takes care of that. Yes, um, they can only schedule times with you when you're available. And while that might sound obvious, 
you know, it's the, the questions usually go, what day is good for you? What time's good for you? Uh, what, what time zone are you in? Um, you know, but it, it takes care of a lot of those things for you. Obviously the other is that you can force them to choose more than one time. So when they go to schedule it, you can set it. So they have to choose, they can't just say, Oh, I want Tuesday at, at one o'clock. They have to choose Tuesday. They have to choose two slime, two time slots is, is my point. You know, and that's a feature I used to use and mm-hmm. I don't use anymore. Um, and, and I love, I, I think it's a totally valuable tool, uh, mm-hmm. and love that that option is there. But I, I found that, you know, I, because it's like, well, you know, if my calendar says I'm free at this time, right. well, I'm free. Go ahead and choose away. You know, uh, my favorite thing is, <laughs> is that I can choose, I can force them to choose the minimum of an hour. Right, right, right. That's another is you can choose, you choose a time length that, uh, that is appropriate and you can, you know, do 15 minute increments. You can say minimum of this, maximum of that, because, you know, without all those settings, someone could get on there and choose anytime they want on your calendar. I mean, when I first set up my tungle, I had people schedule appointments for Saturday at 8 a.m. Yeah. For three hours. And I'm like, uh, uh, that's not good. And it wasn't their fault. It was my fault. I didn't set the parameters, uh, to show them that that's, that I'm not available that time, even though I am available on the schedule. Right. Right. So, um, you know, the other is that it does do these things in the background. You know, it's going to send you an email asking you to, you know, Cliff uh, Ravenscraft has requested a few meeting times with you, respond here, you know, so on and so forth. And also, if you have more than one person that's going to be part of a call, whether it's three or 18, that is a really great tool if you need to all find a, a mutual time to meet. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And the, I got a client the other day. Uh, well, he was he's was a client that I worked with a long time ago. And he's like, hey, you know, I, I want to schedule some more time with you. I've looked all over your site and I just cannot seem to find a link to your schedule anywhere. Are you aware that that's not showing anywhere? And I'm like, yes, I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's intentional, my friend. The situation is, you know, I don't want my Tungle badge over on the right hand side for anybody just to click and say, hey, what's when's Cliff available? And then start. <laughs> you know, proposing times because what I I prefer to have a conversation with that person via email, communicate, make sure that they understand what my hourly rate is and making sure that they understand that ahead of time and that I do a minimum of one hour. And that way, you know, then, then I say, okay, and if you're interested, here's a link to my schedule of availability. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I have in my signature of my email set an appointment and you can click there to set an appointment. I just am more okay with, even though it takes a lot of time for people to do it. I'll, I've had people, and actually this is funny, I was selling something on Craigslist Yeah, and, and I told a guy to send me a text message because I don't like to do email with Craigslist because I get too many people from whatever country bothers you about, you know, sending it overseas or whatever. Yeah. But um, this guy used my tongue to try to schedule time for us to meet for Craigslist. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, whoa, I want to talk to you on the phone and make sure you're like a real person first, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, who's this person? Why are they scheduling a tongue meeting with me? But I have it right in my signature and most people don't even notice it. But when, when I'm ready to meet with them, I say, just click on that set an appointment link in my signature and, and, and follow the instructions there. And, you know, and the other part about tongue is I would say with about 5% of the population, they don't know how to figure it out. Yeah. Which... I won't make a judgment there, but I, it surprises me because I think it, it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's pretty straightforward there. I've, I've, I've probably had three people who said, I, I just can't get that. Right. You know, I just don't get right. it. And then I just work with them. The other thing is because my tungle, I only make, you know, Tuesdays available. It's the only time I, I oftentimes, you know, I, I actually schedule, uh, time slots out of my week on Monday evenings to do podcast interviews. People will invite me to come on their shows and, and I say, sure. And I usually do those on Monday evenings. And so I don't use Tungle for that, though. I, I basically and, and one of the things I learned this back in my insurance days is that you never say, oh, well, Monday I have from five o'clock p.m. till nine o'clock p.m. Please pick any time that works for you. Mm. You know, the truth is, is I might from have from five to nine available. But what I do is I communicate to them at this at this way. Hey, this coming Monday. I have I have 30 minutes available at 5 p.m. or have 30 minutes available at 7:30 p.m. Which would you prefer? Parameters. Yep. Yeah. And Parameters. so so I always give them a 
a select choice and that and that way it's not like oh, well let me just choose what you know i i am I'm, I'm helping them to make a decision sometimes giving somebody say hey i have this wide open window i'm i'm good monday through thursday you pick the time right right no right. No, no, no no you I, i'm available tuesday at you know at 10:30 or would you like thursday at 3:30 and the reason that two options only and it's hard to pull back and say, well, I only have 45 minutes. It's like, well, you just had four hours. Why do you only have 45 minutes? You know? So it, again, it's, it's about teaching people to, that there's parameters around your meetings and even things like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, let me see if I, yeah, that's all the tungle things I had. Okay, cool. So Google Docs and Basecamp. What do you want to say about Google Docs? Well, just the people... Again, this to me is almost like Dropbox in that some people would assume Google Docs is very simple to share with someone. Some people might assume Dropbox is very simple, but in order to use Google Docs as the other user, you know, you have to be on, you know, as a client, your client has to be somewhat used to the interface, which is Google Docs. I mean, they have to be used to the UI, you know, uh, when they go there and they, uh, you know, they have to have, they have to have signed in to, to have a Google Documents account. I don't think you need a Gmail account for that. I'm not sure or not. But the point is you have to be, you know, familiar with what that looks like. And then once you're in there, that's fine. But, um, you know, I think Google Docs is really great for things like show notes or, um, you know, that's what I use it for mostly, uh, for creating forms, questionnaires, things like that. You know, I do some spreadsheet work on there. But, um, you know, as when it comes to using it for a client, sort of back and forth, uh, to me... It's, I, I, most of my projects aren't that simple. It's either, uh, it's either, yes, we meet and here's the notes from the conversation and we're done, or it's much more robust and I need to worry about files and to-dos and messages back and forth um, and storing passcodes and things like that. And so I just use Basecamp. Right. So what I will actually, um, with the Google Docs though, because you, because uh, I was thinking about with Google Docs, you can't attach, you can put pictures in there, but you can't put other files what I was going to say is when it comes to the cloud app that you have mm -hmm. that you could upload your files. So let's just say I did want to work with someone and there's some shared files and some shared notes, then you could use a combination of cloud app uh, and Google docs because you could upload the files to cloud app and then put the short links in the Google doc. Yes. And so that's a way you could use just Google docs and cloud app, which is five bucks a month, something like that. Yeah. Or $50 a year or something like that. But um, and again, that's in the Mac app store, cloud app. And uh, we've talked about that in past shows. So that's one, I think, way that's obviously a lot less robust, but it's it's a lot cheaper, uh, I think, than Basecamp. I'd like to say something about Google Docs real quick, because the question I think I saw on, posted in the in gspncommunity.com was, you know, is is this, number one, is it, does this seem unprofessional if I share a Google Doc with somebody? And I don't think that that actually show. I mean, that... I think Jonathan Nation says, you know, that, well, that depends really on the perception of the person that you reach out to. I, I personally would not have a problem, you know, sharing a, a Google Doc. Now, the thing is, is, I think the idea was that, hey, I'm working on a project for somebody and I want them to see my to be able to check in on my work to see this document that I'm filling out as I go along. And if they want to just kind of follow through or maybe I'm working on a project and I can, you know, I have a Google Doc where I say, um, at Thursday, August 4th, 209 started, a, you know, recording a podcast with Andy Traub, you know, and then it's, you know, Thursday, August 4th, you know, 5 PM, you know, I, I did this for your project, you know, it's just like a diary of, of events, you know, tracking sure. time. If, now the, if the question is, can I share that document with a client without them needing a Google account? Uh, the answer to that question is still yes. Um, if as long as that person doesn't need to edit it, you can go in and share that to the web and create and, and publish it as a web page and then simply give them a link to the the URL and they and say, hey, just go ahead and uh, click on this link or set it as a favorite or whatever. And anytime you want, you can check in to see where I'm at on your project and what I've been working on. And so basically you use the interface of the Google Doc but every time you save something, it's there are options in there when you publish it. It says, make sure that you publish changes as they're made. And so every time the document is saved, an updated version of that, that HTML document is now online for them to see the next time they go and check it. 
Right. And that's where you're actually just making it a, a public page, right? You're, yes. You're, you're making it a... Right. Yeah. And, and, and when we say public page, of course, you do have to think about your security and stuff like that. You definitely wouldn't want to be putting people's usernames and passwords or anything like that in these documents. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to say that also that um, as far as I know, these these Google Docs that you're publishing as a Web page, I don't believe that they're getting indexed in search results and stuff like that. And so it's it's kind of unlisted and by ambiguity. I think you're only going to they're only going to get to it if they actually have the exact URL. Yeah, so uh, you know, and you just have to ask yourself, and uh, what client situation is it appropriate? I think some it's very appropriate, and especially you know, I've I've used Google Docs with it's sort of a non-public project where you know I'm working with a client maybe, and I have a someone that I've outsourced some some work to, and we're sharing a Google Doc. So clients I don't use it with, but other providers that I hire to help me with projects, I, I have, and, and also. My VA, I do all Google Docs um, for my show notes and things like that. I just put everything in Google Docs, and that's I love it because I just say the show is ready, and, and he knows where the the audio file is, and he knows where the the, the notes are because they're always in the same place. Very cool. So, so you're still using Basecamp? I I did not know that you were still using a 37 Signals product. So this is cool. Um, now, tell me what? How are you using Basecamp these days? Well, I have. Um, Four projects now. It's just, just starting a fourth one um, this month, um, and it's it's large projects. It's several thousand dollars a month. Uh, you know, have to hire out two or three people to help me with it, and it's you know, it's 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 web page changes, it's digital strategy stuff, and so there's passwords and there's there's new accounts being made, and there's files going around and different versions of this or that, and you know, I have people that are you know, I have a client. I'll say, look at this, and they'll say, I want these seven changes, and then I make them to-dos, and I assign them to, uh, you know, the designers that are working for me. And so there's this, there's a lot of information going back and forth uh, via email and things like that to where I need one central place for all of those things to be tracked. And so there is some duplication in that. Obviously, I'll get an email, and it'll say, here's an example of the duplication. So they'll, we'll use the messaging tab. There's a messaging tab. And you can make a new message, and at the bottom of the message, you can click, you know, I want Cliff and Eric and, you know, Father Roderick to, to, to get updates anytime anyone sends this message. And so when that happens, the message is created in Basecamp, but it's also sent to you via email. And you can respond to it via email, and we all get it, you know, emailed to us, but it also shows up on Basecamp. And so when I, where, most recently what happened with the client is uh, I, I said, uh, let me know some changes you want made here's the latest version of your new site. And they wrote me a message back and said, here's all the things I want. And we were doing this via email. I said, you know what? I, I really need my um, designer to have access to these. And so I made a message and I, and I included him in on it, included him in, and I said, Tyler, you know, make sure you're aware of these. And then out of these, I gave him to-dos. And so I, I took the emails, I put them in the base camp and then I made to-dos out of them. And, and so there's some overlap going on, but it becomes really important for me when I need three or four different people to all be on the same page of a multi-dimensional project. And I've got three or four of those going right now. And, and so that's, that's why I use it. And I don't use the files a whole lot. I actually use Dropbox for that. There's a files option because um, the interface is just a lot more clunky than a Dropbox. But uh, the to-dos I use a lot, the messaging I use um, pretty extensively. And then they have a thing called write boards which is just sort of a really basic, almost like a Google Doc thing. But I use that a lot for passcodes. I want us to keep all their passcodes in one place. Um, and so I use that uh, or I take notes on a conversation with a client. So I found it to be the best. There's another thing called Freed Camp. Uh, obviously trying to suck some business away from Basecamp. I never jumped into it. Um, Basecamp's been working for me. It's been worth it. Um, and it's not free. I think it's like 30 bucks a month or something like that. But it pays for itself you know, hands over fist because it, it's, it, it really helps me handle these large, large projects with lots of people. Very cool. Um, you know, I, I, I am not a member of Basecamp yet, but uh, High Rise now integrates in it so well. In fact, you can have a deal, a deal. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as somebody says, Hey, yeah, I want to go for that. And then you can actually create a project from a deal now. Yeah. And that's why I haven't used deals. <laughs> I have yeah. High Rise. I'm not using High Rise now. And I, I, 
You're I'm, in high I'm rise like, again. I'm doing. I'm a total. I'm a flip flopper. I can oh never run for office. Goodness. I'd be like, cut taxes, raise taxes. <laughs> high rise, no high rise. Thirty seven signals is mean. They're my best friend. You know, I mean, just a total flip flopper. <laughs> this is so, great. I love it. The only thing I'm loyal to is Jesus and my wife. There and beyond go. that, I'm for sale. <laughs> that's going to be retweeted oh, um, there you go you know sometimes you say things and my wife's like you think in tweets sometimes don't you I'm like oh yeah I think I'll say a sentence ago that'd be a good tweet that, so. that'll, that'll tweet <laughs> alright so, so anyway that's base camp base camp you know I, I've been I've been toying around with this idea of doing base camp because you know I do have some things and from I think what if I'm not in, if I'm not mistaken Tell me if I'm understanding this right, because I still haven't wrapped my mind around right. a project management system yet. Right. But um, templates. This is this is what I want to know. Templates. I every yeah. every single time I do an equipment sale, mm-hmm. there I I have to. I'm going in. I'm creating a spreadsheet. I'm creating a link to the spreadsheet in the deal. I'm, you know, uh, placing the order. I'm, I'm tr- you know, send an invoice, receive the money, uh, send the order. Are these all to do's? They're all to do's. Yeah, you can do templated to do's. So basically, I can cr- create, like, I can say, okay, here's a deal. This is an equipment proposal, and now, mm-hmm. now this person says, I want this, and now all of a sudden, I say, okay, I want to turn this into a project. And I and then tell me, can I you then can I go for a template that says equipment order workflow, and then I choose that, and now all of a sudden it's it's basically got an a, a project assigned for this equipment sale that has the same name as that deal that I set up, and now automatically it already has all the to do items that need to be yeah, done. On if this. you Google how to create Basecamp templates, uh huh. The first video you see via my Google, anyway, one, two, three, four. The fifth link is a video on YouTube called Create a To-Do List Templates. Mm-hmm. Create To-Do List Templates in Basecamp. That's my video. Oh, cool. Which, was fi- which I think was featured on their blog, which makes me famous. Nice. To like three people. You are famous. Um, how can you be famous to three people? Sometimes I say things that don't make sense. Okay, so that that's that's an that's that'll show you what it can do. Also, show you how to do it. But yeah, if you have a lot of repeat, you know, if you build websites for people, and it's like, well, here's the things I need. I need, you know, I need their current, you know, web hosting. I need their current domain. I need, and I need all these, you know, all these steps. You know, then yeah, you don't want to have to go in there and create them new every time. It's a pain. So yeah, yes, it, it is possible. I, and again, I, there are there are just. There are limitations to everything, and there are certainly limitations to Basecamp and the way it operates, but I haven't found anything better. And if there's something out there, please don't tell me, tell Cliff, because I'm not switching, because <laughs> I flip-flop enough. I'm like the fish. You know, I'm like, just, I'm done. So, well, I, yes, I, I've tried to not use it, and I'm, I just keep coming back. I am warming up to the idea of a project management system and the idea of to-do t- templated templated right. to-do lists because I, I do the same things over and over again yeah. and I'm doing it all manually and I'm doing it yeah. by by memory and, and even at the bottom of my spreadsheet I have a little checklist you know it's like right. but nobody else is seeing that but me and if I if I knew that it was in there it's like you know what I, I don't need to do anything all the to-do items are on here and I say Amy you're assigned to all of those mm-hmm. go and make it happen mm-hmm. make it so number one I was that Cohen Peace? Or was that funny? No, that's uh, no. that's um, Jean Luc Picard on Star Trek: Next Generation. Make it so. <laughs> Make it so. Um, so that's Basecamp. I, yeah, and, and again, there's other ones out there. Please, I mean, please do call. I don't mean to tell people to not call. I've never said don't call, but don't try to convert me because I'm 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 with Basecamp now. But there are other options. There's free options. There's ones that incorporate with Google Apps. There's all kinds of good project management tools out there. I just happen to use Basecamp because I'm familiar with it. And, um, and you know, right now I've got 12 projects that I'm managing on there and some are sort of dormant and some are very, very active. But, um, you know, it's just, it, it's very tight and um, I understand it and my clients understand it. Uh, you know, and that's the other thing. Obviously, you can give other people access to um, to the tool. And, you know, and that's the other part of this is that, we're trying to train people to use these tools and sometimes it's difficult because they go, yeah, what's that tool? And 
you know, that, you, that we're using to manage this. And when they don't know the name of the tool they're using to manage, it means they haven't been using the tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, it is take a little, tr- like, okay, I'll resend you your password and things like that. But I tell them from the very beginning, uh, once, like one of the first things they do when they sign on with me after I get their check is I say, we'll be using a product called Basecamp and you're going to get an email from me with a name and login, a name and password. And just know that, that you'll get uh, updates on uh, tasks that you're supposed to do uh, you know, we'll send, I'll send you messages through it. Uh, but it's, it's very, very intuitive. And if you have questions, let me know. But I, you know, when I, when you start off with, it's very intuitive and it's not that hard. People aren't as scared of it, you know, but I, I use it a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. So if, and if you require a lot of interaction on and, and ta- you require tasks to be completed by your client, I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I could see that on, on maybe some, you know, cause I, I'm thinking about rolling out like a one-on-one coaching package. Uh, that that you know is going to be like podcasting A to Z only personalized one on one, and uh, you know again a templated you know step by step process. Here's the yeah. here's the thing. Now I th- I think with the templates though, like you know let's just say there's 15 steps, it'll put the to dos, but then you have to assign them to someone. Yeah, that's you know, fine. So. But, you know, I, I can see that, um, you know, the thing I love about to-dos, frankly, is with my clients, and I'm doing this more and more, and I actually got some pushback from a client who later thanked me for, for pushing them, um, is that you can give them dates. Like, I need you to do this by Friday. And it's on there. It's a to-do, and it's, it'll show overdue and this or that. So it's not like, hey, get to it whenever you can. It's, I need this done by Friday because I'm going to work on it on Saturday. And, you know, I was pushing my client pretty hard to get these things done, and, you know, they, they basically gave me some pushback. Like, I think your timeline's quicker than mine was. And I basically said, you know, I'm sorry if you feel like I'm pressing you, but my, n- number, my number one concern with clients is that they're not doing the work that they're paying me to do. And, you know, and it's a dance, right? And I can't just lead. I need a partner. And so when I ask you to create this content, I need you to create it. And that's why there's a date on it. And if you can't do it by then, then that's fine. But you need to just tell me instead of saying, slow down, you know, just... Or I quit. You know, that's that's the worst. I've never had anyone do that. But you can assign, um, you can assign a task to more than one person. But um, it, it it's a pretty intuitive setup, and I I've been very impressed because I've had projects with seven people on it, and it's the same as having it with one. I mean, it's just once you get in there, it's just about everybody do what you're told, and um, it does a great job. Cool. Hey, the next thing you have down here is redirecting email. Of course, this goes back to kind of the conversation we had with uh, expectations and stuff like that with clients early yeah. on. But uh, you're, you're talking about, you know, redirecting email like, you know, when somebody sends you a private message on a Ning group or a Facebook message or a direct message on Twitter or a LinkedIn private message. Um, you and I, since, I guess back, since you're back on high rise, I assume that you're, you're blind carbon copying, uh, your Dropbox again. Yeah. Yeah. On a lot of those, on a lot of those. Yeah. And it, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's hard because, you know, usually when I'm getting messages on Ning or LinkedIn, it, it, you know, it's, it's good. It's someone reaching out for help. They're not yeah. just sending me uh, their newsletter without asking my permission. You know, oh, I it's, hate that. It's, it's not junk. I did that to you once. But, you know, th- there's... I filtered you. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, oh, well, who's the other guy? Then <laughs> I'm one of the two people, right? No, actually, <laughs> actually, no, seriously, you, you are the one. You are one of two people's who... Actually, one of three people whose emails, uh, newsletters actually make it to my inbox. Oh, God bless you. Um, so... Totally lost my train of thought. The flattery just kind of so got they're my great head. messages. You know, people oh, yeah, are yeah. really so needing help. Messages and they generally are like, "I want to do business with you. I want to reach out to you." Yeah, but um, but they still penalize them for reaching no, out to you in a way that they I, thought would be easy and get right to you. And the point is, I did get the message right. Mm-hmm. It just annoys me because then I have to go over there and then I don't have a copy of it. Yes, um, and that happened today where I was trying to find this lady's note and I'm like searching my email and I'm like, it's not in here. I know I talked to this lady. Yep. You, you oh, go at, you, right. It was you're, on LinkedIn. You're, you know? in, you're in high rise and it's like, I know she told me her daughter's name or I right. know that they told me what date they're going in for surgery. I know right. that they told me, you know, something else that I want to remember and communicate in my next communication with them. But mm-hmm. it's not there because we don't have a copy of it in Gmail uh, so we can't search for it, and it's not in the most important place my, for me. High rise, mm-hmm. and so it mm-hmm. it dry, it drives me crazy as well. So what do you what do we do? What's this redirecting thing? 
Well, just simply just politely, but very quickly. And sometimes I won't answer their question. I mean, that's how direct I am about this. I'll, I'll not answer their question. I'll say, uh, I'd love to help. Please send any, you know, please send your question to me at so-and-so, you know, andytrobgmail.com, andytrob, whatever the email address. Like, I won't answer their question. I'll say, I'd love to answer that. Send me it again at so-and-so and I'll reply to you as soon as possible. You know? Right. And that's, that's literally cutting them off. And the other is, I will give them the answer. And unfortunately, this usually backfires because I'll give them the answer. And to the end of the answer, I'll say, for future correspondence about this, please send me an email at so-and-so. Right. And then they'll respond on Ning. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your help. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and you know what, Andy, I struggled with this for the longest time as well. And, and I used to, again, the feeling of being annoyed. And then it got to me, it got me to think, it's like, wait a second, what's most important here? What, what is, what is the critical thing for me to remember? Wait a second. This is a relationship with another human being who mm-hmm. has reached out and this is a conversation whether they get or don't get or understand what it is works best for us they have no idea and, and it's like I, yeah it's not I, their fault they want to talk to us you can't penalize people for asking it, for help exactly you know? and so what i had to do in, in in my mind is i had it's like how can i stop from being annoyed by this because i shouldn't be annoyed <laughs> right, i right. should be happy that people are listening, people are out there, people want to, people want advice, people want help, people want to hire me, people want to pay me money for my advice. Right. I mean, the, I, how I, I need to get this out of my mind. So I want, I want to share with you that over time, I've learned not to be annoyed by it. it to, mm. It's like you know what? You, yeah, I'm less annoyed by it. I, I, I used to be, I'm... I used to be very annoyed by it. And right. I'm like, how dare you contact me I, about helping you or I would, something? I would never, say, I would never <laughs> say it to you. But I would I would feel that way. It's like, right. how dare these people, you right. know, send me a direct message? How dare they not, you know, email me? It's like, it's, where did that come from? So, so <laughs> yes, I do a lot of redirection as pride. well. It's our pride, by the way. That's maybe, from. maybe. But um, so here's the here are a couple ways that I handle it. Number one, when a, I, if you send me a Facebook message, if you send me a message via Ning, a platform, uh, all of those, I get an email notification that go, comes into my inbox. Mm-hmm. Um, I first and foremost, I usually put those last because you know I, I don't want people to I, I don't want people again to be trained to think that I instantly respond to those. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so even if I'm up to date, I, I may take a little time to respond. But here's what I do: is I, I typically will write back in the platform, or actually no. The, if if I if it's let's just say Andy if if you communicated I, I, let's say I don't know who you are but you mm-hmm. communicated to me through uh, through Ning my least favorite <laughs> if, so if you communicated to me through Ning and I can find your email address especially since I'm an owner uh, you know administrator of the Ning community mm-hmm. I know what email address that you signed up for I'll go out of my way to look you up in my member database find your email address I will then create a new email written to your email address and say and and put in the subject title something along the lines of whatever the message was about and then say hey you know Andy you you reached out to me on the you know 48days.net community i wanted to write to you here personally i i prefer email if that's okay with you and and i immediately take it out of and sometimes it's weird i'll send that and the person will actually respond to me with another message in the private message group. Yes. And it's like at that point, it's no big deal because what I'll do is I'll just go in and I'll highlight and copy, which I don't even, I'm not even signing into the Ning platform because I get the email notification with right. the text of it. And right. so what I do is I highlight that, I close that message and I start a new message to you. And I put, hey, Andy, on, on 48days.net, you wrote and then I paste. But that's because you're an admin and you have their address? Yes, Right. And then, and then, uh, and then email address. Right. Exactly. Email address. And then I write my response. And I, and this way, what I'm doing is I am keeping an archive in my email inbox and it's going into my Dropbox, uh, you know, copying into my high rise account. So I don't even respond in those places. I do this with Facebook and I do it with uh, LinkedIn and everything. I, if I can get their email address, I will not respond to them, uh, it, you know, in those platforms. The other one is sometimes I just can't get their, 
your their email address. It's it's a new person I've never heard of them. I can't find I can't find an email address for this person at all. So I will go ahead and respond in that platform. And then um, I type in, I've got text expander. I do E email T. So mm-hmm. if you can imagine that keystroke, E email T, which means e- e- we need to transfer this to email. Uh, so it says, would you mind if we move? I, I'll answer you. That's your text expander. A text expander. And I want you to like, I want you to publish your text expander sometime. <laughs> Forgot to do that, will you? Uh, yeah. Seriously. It's, That's like my thing with text expander. The, the hardest thing about text, expa- text expander is remembering your short codes. Oh, I've got a good, I've got a good system. Bring it on. That's another episode, baby. Yeah, it is. The next, the next week is Andy gets a personal tutorial on text expander. Well, here, e- email T says this. So basically, I respond to you on Facebook saying, Andy, here's the answer to your question. Uh, so great to connect with you. Look forward to seeing you around. By the way, and then I put e email T. Would you mind if we move this conversation to regular email? I desire to be accessible to as many people as possible, and I attempt to meet people where they are, where they're at, such as Facebook, Twitter, Ning, etc. However, I'm better able to track and manage conversations via my email inbox as I receive as many as 20 to 100 plus emails per day. Would you be willing to continue this conversation with me via uh, email at cliff at ravenscraft.org. If this communication tool is more productive and efficient for you, feel free to simply respond to this message and tell me so, and I'll do my best to check this inbox as often as possible to carry on this conversation. Thank you so much, Cliff. It's very nice. So, I mean, the, the, I want to, I'll meet people where they're at, but I, but at the same time, I do want to communicate to people. You're going to get faster response and better response and, and our overall relationship long-term is going to benefit if we communicate <laughs> via email. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All righty. So that's that. And then I, can we, can we cover the rest of the stuff next week since we're at 57 uh, minutes? <laughs> Yeah, I mean the last one. The last, uh, actually, we only have one more. Okay, go ahead. So, uh, just uh, just that, and when there are times that um, you know, you, it, it's the can you see that syndrome, right? And it's in consulting. There's this, like it's it's like trying to teach someone how to change the oil by phone, right? It's like well, you see that that brown thing. It's like two inches. You know, it's a circle, and it's got you know, it's having to talk someone through it. That's why God made screen sharing, right? There are so many times when people are like, well, I just have a quick question. I'm like, no. Go to this screen because that four-minute question can take 45 if, you know, they're like, oh, I don't see that online or, you know, and then what browser are you using? Internet Explorer. Oh, okay, that's the problem. You know, so whatever it might be, that's why join.me, Adobe Connect Pro, which I have, uh, or GoToMeeting, whatever it might be, I encourage people to have some version of that for their client work because it will train them uh, to to not try to quote unquote talk you through it because that can take or, or talk to you like, here's what I'm seeing. Here's my issue. It's like, let me just see your screen or you can see mine. So right. that's the last one I had. It's just, just don't be afraid to invest in that tool because it will pay for itself very quickly uh, no, matter, no matter who you're working with, whether it's a client or a vendor that you hired. I use mine very, very often. And a lot of them, frankly, are less than five minutes long. It's yep. not a long, but it's it's just this, but it could take 45 minutes. And I'll, and frankly, it's just a frustration. I mean, it's just, that's why I get these things. It's like, I can't stand people saying, well, this is what I'm seeing. And, you know, this will only take two minutes. Nothing ever takes two minutes. Yeah. Nothing, you know. It takes two minutes for me to spin my mind down, you know, and, and start spinning it in a different direction. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, so indeed. That's uh, that's a lot of our episodes sort of rolled into one, but I hope people get to the, the purpose, how you can wrap these things up. And and again, I, you know, I don't know how these tools might apply to you in your own business. And so that's why I really want our listeners. And and again, if you're hearing this, you're a listener. None are more important or less important than others. Whether this is the first episode of that or the ninety first episode you've listened to, it, it would just really help us to know. How are you using these things? What is your business? And, and maybe you only use one or two of them, or maybe use all 12 we talked about today. But how are you using them in your business? Because it helps us know that, you know, that it's helping. But also, there might be someone else in your business and your field that you know, may not know 
that, oh, and that is a good use for Dropbox for, you know, for store owners or who, for whoever it might be. So that's why we love the feedback because uh, we have a limited scope in our business because of the kind of business we have. So that's why I want to hear from other business owners. How are you using these tools in your, in your office or with your customers? Exactly. And you can always uh, call that in on our voicemail feedback hotline at 859-795-4067. Or you can send a private message via Ning over to Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. I think Cliff's on LinkedIn. Aren't you on LinkedIn? Look for Cliff Ravenscraft on on LinkedIn and uh, send him a message there. And then if he says, please talk to me over here via email, then just reply to him on LinkedIn and say, I will do that. (laughs) Sounds great. Hey, folks, thank you for tuning in. Hey, if you're in the Chicago area or you might be in the Chicago area on Friday, September 30th, I'm going to uh, be co-hosting a meetup with my good friend, uh, Pat Flynn uh, from smartpassiveincome.com. He and I are both speaking at the Financial Blogger Conference on October 1st and October 2nd in Chicago. We're showing up a day early so that we can uh, host a meetup for both of our communities. So if you're in the gspn.tv community, uh, we want to uh, encourage you to come out and hang out with Pat Flynn and myself and his community. We're going to have an awesome time. Uh, We just went live with the Facebook event page uh, yesterday. We've got 11 people signed up already. Again, uh, if you want to do that, head over to gspn.tv slash Chicago meetup. It's one word. gspn.tv forward slash Chicago meetup. Phone number again, 859-795-4067. Until next time, my friends, we encourage you to join the community. Join the community.